Hello, and you're listening to Public Affairs. We're broadcasting here from New Orleans on WRBH 88.3 FM. I'm Anne. Welcome to the show. If this is your first time listening, thank you. So we're going to continue this little series on eye health that we're doing, and we're back with Dr. Malika Doss for round two. What's up, Malika? Hi, Anne. Thanks for having me again. It's our pleasure. So we are going to get into macular degeneration today. Oh, yeah. That's a big one. one. It's a big one. I've heard uh, something like 10 million Americans get it. Oh, yeah. And a quarter of people over 75 will get it. That's right. So that's probably going to be you or your loved one or someone you know. Somebody knows somebody who's affected by macular degeneration. So take the notes now and, you know, you won't have to listen as hard later. Um, So I was kind of curious eye health, you know, ophthalmology, mm-hmm. you could have gone into any field of medicine. <laughs> what, I think vision, seeing, it's kind of a meaty topic, kind of symbolic. What what brought, what, you know, made you choose the eye? So as I was going through medical school, you know, you're kind of opened up to all the different subspecialties um, as much as they can cram in into yeah. a four-year degree. Yeah. And I th- for me, it was more like a um, process of elimination. Okay. You know, I went through pediatrics and thought... Oh, they're cute, but no thanks. Yeah. And, you know, I delivered a baby for the first time, Ooh. and I thought, that was great, never again. <laughs> uh, and similar things as yeah. I went through. And, you know, ophthalmology is, you know, it's like one-third clinic, mm-hmm. you know, one-third surgical procedures, mm-hmm. and, you know, one-third procedures um, uh, in the office. Uh, I feel like patients, you know, really got along well with their ophthalmologist. I think it's a very special, you know, doctor-patient bond. It's not mm-hmm. like the ER where you, yeah. the kind of continuity mm-hmm. of care is the kind you don't want. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, I thought that, you know, patients come in when usually they're they're healthy, meaning no gotcha. uh, sniffly noses yeah, and, yeah. and whatnot. It's and not so, the worst day of their life they're seeing you on. That's right. And, and I think patients, I think people in general really value vision. And so yeah. um, it's, like I just found it to be very rewarding. It's not a life or death subspecialty, mm-hmm. but it is definitely quality of life. And yeah. I'm always a big proponent of, you know, having a good quality of life. And so it was, it just seemed like a good fit. Yeah. Now that you mention it, I mean, thinking about all the people whose vision is a, like, even I don't have normal vision. Like, you know, I've got to see the ophthalmologist. If, mm-hmm. if I think back, like, what would my life be like if I didn't have these glasses or contacts? Exactly. Ooh. It'd be rough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so macular degeneration here. Um, I guess that's a loss of sharp, detailed vision. That's what I read. Exactly. So macular degeneration, so the macula is, the retina, I'll go back to this basic anatomy. Mm-hmm. In the back of the eye, your eye is lined with this tissue we call the retina. The retina is the nervous you know, system tissue. It's nerves that collect the pictures and light and transmit it through the nerve of the eye and send it to the brain. So the macula is the part of the retina in the very center. It's important. It controls the center part of your vision, which is where you have a higher concentration of rods and cones. And Hashtag rods and cones. That's right. <laughs> a higher concentration of rods and cones. And so that's where your you know, most crisp, clear vision is. So is the macula the little thing that uh, changes in diameter in accordance to light? Or am I thinking of something different? You're thinking of the iris. The, the iris, which is, yeah, and the, the pupil. The pupil is just basically... A, you know, physiological. So the macula is the just a structure on the retina. Exactly, okay. it's just a you know anatomic you know area on the retina. You know, we have our own special definitions, but yeah. for all practical purposes, it is it the area responsible for our central vision. Sounds like Dracula's twin brother, <laughs> Dracula and Dracula. 
That it is. I never thought of it that way. <laughs> Crack that joke in the in the exam room next time. <laughs> Um, okay, so I guess we'll go through uh, risk factors, causes, symptoms, treatment, prevention, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Take so, it away. All right. <laughs> so, well, macular degeneration is basically a condition that um, is where the, the photoreceptors in the macula, they degenerate or they die. Um, we know that the number one cause is having birthdays. And so age, age, you know, it typically starts to affect our population um, once you've had about six decades of life. So 65 and above is kind of the typical age range. There's always variation with that. The frosts of 64 winters have uh, blanched your locks. Blanched your locks. Kill your eye cells, huh? (laughs) Uh, You know, we know that smoking is a risk factor. And yeah, and then, of course, imbalanced diets. Like anything, you know, that, you know, takes care of. So how does the smoking affect so smoking affects your cells in all different ways. Like, you know, they kind of impair cell healing. There, it's mm-hmm. pro-inflammatory. Less oxygen. It, you know, yeah, less oxygen. And so all these things are not good for very sensitive nerve tissues that require okay. high, you know, oxygen, um, that have a high oxygen demand. Okay. And so, you know, of course, like I said, balanced diet things, you know, you don't get, if you don't get basic nutrients. Like, give me an example of a basic nutrient that someone might like be deficient omega-3s, in. Like omega-3s. Well, that's not even a nutrient. But yeah, I guess okay. like omega-3s, um, you know, lutein, uh, you know, just your vitamins A, okay. C, E. You know, all those things are important for, you know, nerve health in general. And so, and what's like a food that has lutein in it? You know, I should know this. Right. And I don't. Isn't I, it like a, I don't know, there's always those vitamins though, huh? That's right. And that's <laughs> why, you know, we'll talk about the, yeah. the vitamin supplementation for macular degeneration. Um, of course, we know our Caucasian population is more strongly affected by macular degeneration than others. Now, when I read that, that blew my mind. If, what, <laughs> can you explain that? Is that God's punishment for all that colonialization? No, I'm just kidding. No, no well, you know, it, it, it's a, kind of similar to how um, lighter skinned individuals are more prone to things like, mm. you know, sunburns or skin cancer. Okay, so it'd be blue eyed. People so even yeah, blue eyed as opposed to brown eyed ones. It's, you know, the, the, the less, we know that pigment is protective, you know, uh-huh. of UVA, UVB. And so... Um, I had made the connection with the eyes. And I knew about, about the skin, but okay. Yeah, and so, like, there's even pigment in the back of the retinas, you know. What? Are the, underneath the retina, we have a layer called the retinal pigment epithelium, which I think is appropriately named. Cool. And just like, you know, any other, um, you know, just like skin on the body, mm-hmm. you know, it can have various degrees of pigmentation. Mm-hmm. And so that's why Caucasians are more uh, susceptible to macular degeneration. Okay. So um, I guess uh, I guess you know loss of vision is the main thing, but is there are there any other? Um, I read that like you know depression, social isolation, isolation can be an issue. I mean, I think is no there, matter yeah, like no matter what the cause, I think that just your typical depression, yeah. any type of vision loss, you know, can manifest depression. You know, yes, exactly, social anxiety, social isolation. Ooh. Um, one thing we do see not uncommonly is um, patients that have had suffered, you know, severe loss of vision from macular degeneration uh, can manifest hallu- formed hallucinations. What? And again, it's not to say that they, ha- you know, it's not to confuse with mm-hmm. some of the psychiatric disorders like schizophrenia where you can mm-hmm. have hallucinations. But these are formed images, you know, not random flashes of light, but, you know, just so it's like their psychic see, reality they becomes may see, so real to them. They may see like kids dancing or, you know, cars going by and really that's going on. And we call that Charles Bonnet syndrome. Um, This um, 
Yeah, so it's... How do you spell Bonet? Like Lisa Bonet? B-O-N-N-E-T. Yeah. French last name there. Okay, go And on. so, uh, you know, and there's not a great treatment for it, but mm-hmm. patients think they're going crazy, and they're not. I like to equate it to, like, phantom limb pain. Yeah, okay. You know, you may have had a traumatic injury where mm-hmm. you no longer have your left arm, but for some reason you still feel your left arm. Yeah. You feel like you're moving your left arm. You have pain in your left arm, but it's not there. Yeah. It's, it's similar it's to that. Having your, divisions of life. Your brain yeah. hasn't hasn't caught up to the fact that, you know, this you're not seeing. Yeah. Yeah. And you manifest these hallucinations. Wow, that's insane. Um, so is there, once you do develop, start developing macular degeneration, is there any way to maybe slow it down? I guess there's no way to reverse it really, huh? Correct. So unfortunately, there's no um, known way to reverse macular mm-hmm. degeneration or even to prevent yeah. its um, onset. Uh, I, you, There are course risk factor modifications mm-hmm. if a patient smokes we you know counsel them extensively about smoking cessation you know we talk to them about sun exposure you know blue blockers you know wearing you know kind of uva uvb okay. blockers um and then we uh of course you can't do anything about the whole you know age risk factor yeah. part right you know <laughs> um and then uh we you know the the big thing that we have right now is we call them a reds vitamins you know they come in various brands Occupite, Preservision, of course, there's the store-bought brands, and they're all about the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, the The study showed that patients with, you know, dry macular degeneration, we'll get into, I guess, dry mm-hmm. versus yeah. wet, but dry macular degeneration, especially in the moderate stage, that taking these vitamins reduced the risk of developing wet macular degeneration by about 30%. So wet's worse? Wet is worse. Huh, I would have thought dry. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, what um, the thing is, is, Dry macular degeneration and wet macular mm-hmm. degeneration can both lead to vision loss okay. over time. But, you know, dry macular degeneration is a disease of decades okay. of ongoing slow vision loss. And the wet can cause vision loss pretty quickly. And so one of my mentors always told me, you know, slow vision loss is always preferable to fast vision loss. Yeah, like I said, you get more time to come to terms with it and you know, exactly. learn how to... You know, exactly. adjust. That's right. Psychically, psychiatrically. <laughs> um, so how would you sort of screen for this, test for this? So patients, you know, when they come in, uh, you know. I guess for, things kind of maybe cl- cut and dry when you're. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing, of course, is a physical exam. You know, patients that um, may notice vision changes or they have, you know, a mother or father that mm-hmm. suffered from macular degeneration. Oh, okay. um, or when they just come in for their general eye exam, I think a lot of optometrists mm-hmm. these days do dilate eyes and, and are kind of the first line of defense for, you know, identifying these patients mm-hmm. that may have early signs of macular degeneration. Um, early signs of macular degeneration um, include the development of what we call drusen. Uh, drusen is just... How do you spell that? D-R-U-S-E-N. Oh, drusen, okay. yeah. And so, you know, the dry type of macular degeneration starts with the photoreceptors degenerate or die, mm-hmm. and their waste products accumulate, you know, in the deep layers of the retina. And they kind of look at the, you know, on exam, they mm-hmm. look like these little uh, kind of yellowish, you know, spots. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, we sometimes do ancillary testing in the clinic to evaluate their configuration more. Mm-hmm. And I like to describe dry macular degeneration as kind of like a pixelated TV. Okay. So, you know, the more you have, the longer you've had the TV, every once in a while you may have a pixel that kind of gets knocked out here and there. Yeah. You can still see the, the ticker on the, the yeah. stock ticker at the bottom of the screen. You can still watch the show, mm-hmm. you know, um, without any issues. 
And so every, you know, so often you have a, a um, photoreceptor, mm-hmm. you know, or a cluster of photoreceptors, you know, i.e. pixel, yeah. that knocks out. But it doesn't really affect the vision too badly. But once you start aggregating those little spots, right, you start having like clustered, larger okay. clusters of photoreceptors that have now gone non-functional, um, then you start having maybe like, you know, little blind spots in your vision. And okay. if they all, you got to you know, adjust coalesce. the tracking on the VHS or something. Right. And they, well, if they all coalesce together, then you get one big central blind spot. And so this is still the dry. Version. And this is still okay. dry. And this can affect, yeah, like I said, over, you know, decades. And everyone's okay. different. Some people progress rapidly. Some people, you know, are 95 years old and they maybe have like five drews. You know, it gotcha. really just depends. So, so once you notice that the, the pixels are starting to go out, that not, that's whenever you would maybe stop smoking or I mean, start I would, taking the you know, vitamins or is there not kind of not what you can do to slow it down then? No, I mean, I think there's, that's still that, you know, the dry stage is definitely not the point of no return, um, okay. you know, but I think even earlier than that, you know, we start counseling them about risk factor modifications. Just like anything else in medicine, you know, you don't want to, you know, wait till you've actually started having symptoms or problems yeah. before you start yeah, with the recommended yeah. treatment <laughs> or recommended, you yeah. know, guidelines uh, for risk factor modification. Uh, so even earlier than that, okay. you know, if you start, if you know that your mother had macular degeneration, you're a smoker, it's probably uh, in your best interest to, you know. You know, there's a fa- a really famous quote when I was uh, researching this topic. Mm-hmm. I'll have to look it up later. You should look it up too. There's a really famous quote by like, some famous author and it was like, I have macular degeneration because my mom had macular degeneration. I was like shocked by. Yeah, there is a genetic component. It's not 100%. Just because your mom had it doesn't mean you'll yeah. necessarily have it. But you are at higher risk. There are genetic testing out there for macular degeneration, but it doesn't really affect our management or ability yeah. to treat macular degeneration. So we don't routinely get the million-dollar workup yeah. just to tell you what we could have diagnosed the, in the, the clinic, right? Of, uh, of medical care, <laughs> exactly. Um, so what's the diff- when you're talking about wet and dry? Um, you know, what's what would be the difference between someone who has developed wet and mm-hmm. someone who's developed dry? Like, what does the wet mean? Yeah. So you know, dry is basically can be a precursor to the wet. So okay. we talked about so, the drusen. Almost like the two steps of the uh, diabetic encephalopathy. Exactly, diabetic retinopathy. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, in the, in the um, kind of in our, our medical record speak, we use term non-exudative, you know, for dry and so exudative for wet. And so what happens is eventually the, you know, deep vascular layers of the retina kind mm-hmm. of pick up on all these drusen changes and they want to repair it because yeah. that's what your body wants to do. do they yeah. they sen- it senses damage. Fix it wants it, to repair fix it. it. So it builds new blood vessels. But these blood Classic vessels moves. are terrible. They actually can bleed and leak and cause scarring. And uh, and as a result, well, the retina is clear mm-hmm. tissue. And so that's how you see through it or see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but scar tissue is not clear. And so okay. if you want to develop scar tissue or blood, you oh, cannot see okay. through that. And that's where people can lose vision quickly. They can develop swelling in the retina or macular mm-hmm. edema or even fluid underneath the layers of the retina. And these can lead ways to um, distortions. Okay. And so they may, you know, one day, you know, come in and say, uh, you know, you, you may see, let's say, you know, Mr. Smith for, I don't know, like 10 years. And then mm-hmm. one day he comes into your clinic on an, or an unscheduled visit and he's like, all of a sudden everything in my right eye looks topsy-turvy or, you know, mm-hmm. Like, and then you suspect in your head, oh, okay. maybe he converted to the wet kind and Uh-oh. you got to yeah. take a good look and see what happened there. Um, so, Yikes. 
So one thing I did uh, also notice in my research, mm-hmm. I love how these aren't even like medical things. I'm like looking for quotes. or Sure. Um, I read a lot of stuff about people saying that, you know, the increased screen use, uh, which, as you know, emits a blue light, uh, kind of accelerates the retinal cell death. But it seemed like this topic was heavily debated on the Internet. Is there any risk? You know, what is this increased screen time doing to us? Yeah, you know, I'm not going to say that, uh, you know, there is no risk, Mm -hmm. you know, but I'm not, of course, I'm not going to hang my hat on something that's not completely evidence-based either. And so until there's like a good, you know, controlled, you know, double mass trial Uh, about, you know, screen. Exactly. (laughs) You know, then it's really hard for me Mm -hmm. to... um, So many limitations. Yeah. And the the, the fact of the matter is, is a lot of our patients who have low vision are very much aided by a lot of these things with screens, you know, iPads with big text, you know, they can read, you know, you can get your Bible, you know, on it without actually having to, you know, I mean, because let's face it, Bible print is miserable for anybody, you know. And then if you can get it in big print on your iPad. And so I'm not going to be one Mm -hmm. to, you know, tell my patient who's already suffered some loss of vision from macular degeneration to not use their iPad to help them read and do the things that they enjoy doing. And so, like I said, I I don't, I I think that there may be some merit in screen time. The truth is we don't know exactly. It would make sense that, you know, that light, Mm -hmm. you know, is causing some kind of damage, especially at, you know, long intervals Mm -hmm. and at near proximity uh, and but, what's this blue? They're always focusing on the blue light. Blue light. It's messing you up. Making you because not be like, able to sleep. Or, it's because of the UVA and UVB, you know, kind of fall along that blue spectrum. And so that's why they think, you know, blue light is, you know, bad. But, you know, again, how much of it is... Oh, okay. So it's like damaging... And so, Yeah, they think, you know, blue light is more damaging to photoreceptors than, let's say, like, yellow light Red or something. Or, uh, Red, ultraviolet yeah. or no. So, again, unclear, you know, a yeah. little bit out of my wheelhouse. Probably something, but uh, just a sensationalized internet thing. It could be. So it, if you find that on the internet, don't believe it just yet. Just yet, that's right. You know, wait for the New England yeah. Journal to publish something. Um, hmm. So I think um, one thing that's important to know is, is treatment for macular degeneration. We talked a little bit about the dry. Okay. Um, with dry macular degeneration, we talked about the vitamins and how they've reduced the risk. For the wet macular degeneration, we um, use a medication called, well, we have a medication in the drug class of anti-VEGF. And so we have several different ones, Avastin, Lucentis, Ilea. I think we have some other ones coming out. You know, they're all kind of cousins and they kind yeah. of do the same thing. And that is actually kind of, uh, kind of inactivate the activity of those abnormal blood vessels. Okay. Like uh, slow them down, maybe? Slow them down, keep them from, you know, causing as much mischief, as much okay. swelling, as much bleeding. And, uh, you know, that they work over a period of about four to six weeks, so often mm-hmm. repeat injections are necessary. Okay. We do administer them in the form yeah. of an injection. We use the same medication for other conditions like diabetes or retinal vein occlusions. Okay. Uh, and with the, and the, of course, you know, I think I talked in the mm-hmm. last segment about how, you know, Injections in the eye just sound awful, yes. but it is, you know, something we do the most commonly. We numb everything up really well. And I, do I they get a Valium or something to, some for those people, nerves? Some docs give a Valium. I give a lot of lidocaine you know, oh, and gosh. they tend to tolerate it very, very well. I'd be um, nervous I'd jump or it's something. It's much easier than a flu shot or even a TB test. I bet it's, that's true, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, I think the concept of it is much mm-hmm. more difficult than yeah. the administering of it. And How I big think is the needle? It's like 30 gauge or in some cases even 32 gauge, which is Teeny, teeny tiny, micro. skinny, skinny needle. <laughs> micro, like acupuncture. Exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. Maybe even skinnier. Yeah. And I think that um, 
you know, sometimes the fear of mm-hmm. the treatment, yeah, yeah, sometimes it would keep people mm-hmm. out of the office until later in the game. And so, um, so that's why, you know, yeah. public service announcement, they're yeah. very it's, well tolerated. And, um, you know, we've got it down to an artist. Yeah, any, anytime you're getting one of those procedures where you're so terrified, it's always the case that after you're like, wow, okay, that wasn't so that bad. That wasn't so yeah. bad. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, the most common question I get, and I start recommending Mm -hmm. injections for patients that have now developed wet macular degeneration Mm -hmm. is how many injections will I need? And the truth is everybody has a different case is sometimes patients need one just every once in a while. You know, they spring a little leak from those abnormal blood vessels and they need one every once in a while. And we have others who, you know, reliably need them every four to six weeks for Mm -hmm. a while. And then eventually down the line, we can like space them out a little bit longer. But, you know, I tell all patients that, you know, I wish I had invented the crystal ball mm-hmm. because then I could tell you. Uh, but as a result, yeah. you know, what I have to settle with is we're going to find out together just how much you yeah. need. And so, you know, you it, do it is a tarot reading for how many. That's right. <laughs> I think it's tough because, you know, especially when you, you know, entered those, you know, golden years and now you find yourself Oof. in the doctor's office with, you know, dilated eyes and testing every yeah. four to six weeks. <laughs> Uh, it's that's not life, that fun. Life has finally made you wise, and then how do you spend it? <laughs> that's you know, and you're here in my office, yeah. and so you know, they're they're again, we try to work with the patients mm-hmm. in their schedules, and you know, not keeping them in the office, especially if they need several injections. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's definitely can be challenging and frustrating. Can you recall off topic? But can you recall maybe like uh, the most hilarious anecdote you've ever heard from a patient about any one of these? I issues um i i don't know about an anecdote but or just something funny yeah. and out of the blue i think one thing one of my patients said to me was he said dr das don't get old the, as you age everything either falls off needs to be replaced or hurts <laughs> oh god that about sums it up kind of yeah and i, I with your re- body and also your mind and your spirit i feel like you're just tired and curmudgeonly yeah well <laughs> not everybody you know but i, I think that you know as you kind of do have to mm-hmm. kind of it's just like a car or, yeah. or anything else you know things need machine, repairs yeah, or things need maintenance and machine, yeah. and um and it can be frustrating because you know of course we mm-hmm. uh, many of us are spoiled in our youth to you know we got away with not going to a doctor yeah. for 10 years in our That's 20s about to be like a time you know? to pay the piper for and, all those bad decisions you know we we eat whatever you want and drink whatever you want and then like later on you know we smoke and think you know you get away with it routine. and then you know and then later on in life it kind of catches up and and uh, um you know we, we do see a lot of that but what i tell patients is you know we, there are the risk factors there mm-hmm. and you know i'll often see like a 35-year-old or 40-year-old and said, my mom had macular degeneration, what can I do? And I said, okay, these are the risk factors. But in general, mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. nothing you do is going to make this, yeah, you know, yeah. like, that much better yeah. or that much worse, you yeah. know? And it's so live your life, things, yeah. you know, make good decisions. And, you know, not just for your eyes, but just for your whole body yeah. and well-being. Yeah, for your quality of life. So mm-hmm. are there any uh, maybe resources that you know of since so many people have this? Um Maybe like books or websites or apps or just any some sort of thing that the public you know may not 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 know about that could they could use utilize as a resource. Uh, I think that uh, usually you know uh, your your retina specialist or ophthalmologist should have you know some mm-hmm. literature in the office yeah. you know on macular degeneration. There are several good internet resources. Um, anything that comes from the American Academy of Ophthalmology you know is um, is typically reliable. 
you know, I would, I think more than good resources, mm -hmm. the issue right now is there's just an abundance of bad resources Ooh, good out point. on the internet. And there's a lot of that negative, blue light article. <laughs> blue light article. I mean, there's a lot of negative publicity on anti-VEGF. And, mm -hmm. you know, there, I think there was something circulating about anti-VEGF actually making the disease worse, causing oh, atrophy or thinning or, or damage mm -hmm. to the retinal layers. And the fact of the matter is those are not evidence-based. Um, wow. You know, sometimes we, you know, like to think of, I got the treatment, but then I got worse as, yeah. you know, you, the temporal relationship is to blame the treatment you received. Yeah, just, but really it's just the progression of the disease. What do they say? Correlation does not equal causality. Yes. Correlation does not equal causation. And, and so, uh, you know, I think the, I don't, yeah, like I, I wish mm -hmm. I had it better. I was prepared with a better internet resource mm -hmm. because, you know, that is a big Learning thing. To trust, people yeah. do come in people with a lot of Dr. Google yeah. advice and, you know, we have to kind of yeah, figure out what's real and what's garbage and, yeah. <laughs> and counsel our there. patients. That's one of the problems of this age is filtering all that information. A lot of my patient counseling centers around your internet search will tell you <laughs> yeah. because, you know, I don't want them to think that I, as a doctor, am yeah. not aware of quote unquote other treatments mm -hmm. or options. Yeah. Uh, you know, I want them to you know feel like they got the full spiel yeah. when they come in because it you know instills confidence yeah. in me um versus if they say well she didn't tell me about this you know hemp seed or something yeah. that should cause this and i'm like <laughs> well you know yeah. so i should know about it yeah. but i don't necessarily recommend it I, mm -hmm. I, everything we recommend is based on evidence gotcha as as it should be right you would hope we, we, yeah <laughs> when there's not evidence you feel like you're just kind of getting sold that's right that's, that's uh, right. one of the risks there all right so you guys heard it here, macular degeneration. It's uh, nothing you want to mess around with. Uh, but, you know, if it does happen to you, there's ways to deal with it. Um, the one thing I do want to say is that patients don't go completely blind. You know, the macular okay. degeneration affects it's, the central vision. It's just that, that detail, right? It's that detail. And they may have, you know, they may see your, they may, when they look at you, they may see, you know, your sweater, mm -hmm. you know, your surroundings, the wall behind you, but your face will be cut out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the biggest anxiety is, oh, my gosh, I've met, am I going to go completely blind? You will still have your peripheral vision. So much of your vision okay. is still, you know, functional and useful for reading. You know, well, hey. it, it is an adjustment, but it's something that, you know, we can work with our patients and our other low vision resources to help them, you know, live as normally a life as possible. Okay, so the years can still be golden, basically? That's right, that's right. Gotta find Leave a way this to on a happy note, exactly. <laughs> the years can still be golden, you guys. All right, so that was our show for today. Thank you, Malika. Um, be sure to tune in on Mondays at 3 p.m., Sundays at 8 a.m. for more public affairs episodes. And if you miss our live broadcast, you can uh, catch up with our archives over on soundcloud.com. And don't forget to download our app, leave us a review, and that's about it. Later, guys. <laughs>